Steve, I feel like we should change up our intro music on weeks that Penn State loses. Like it's like it's like when an NFL player gets hurt and Fox plays the sad Fox theme song. <laughs> there's no vic- there's no victory Mondays for the football team and different intro music for the podcast. Yeah, I think that's what we should do from now on. So um, so my so my podcast that I'm part of, at least with a part of, is is being is gonna suffer. We get to pick we gotta pick good bad music then. Like I don't want to suffer just because the football team struggles. We gotta we gotta pick a good. You know what? That's fair. We we are gonna we're gonna keep our music the same. I think that's what we'll do. But we will call this our first therapy session of the year. For you, okay. Um. Okay. This is a podcast. It is called Stuff Summer Says with Steve. With Steve. Steve, we've got a busy show today. Um. We have a Penn State loss to talk about, as we mentioned. Uh, we do also have an upcoming Penn State football game. You know, this is how this this thing works. Game every weekend. Uh, we've got that to talk about. Um, we've got, we're also going to sneak in some big noon talk a little bit. Because I think I have some thoughts after experiencing, by experiencing walking by. Um, and I, I think it seems like people in the, the, the college football dumb world, I guess, um, have some thoughts about it. So we'll get there. Uh, but first, Steve, we have big news this week. We have our first ever, what I'm, what I'm calling an ad. We were promised that we would be sent something if we talked about this on our podcast. So here we go, Steve. We have friends at Death Wish Co- Coffee, uh, which make deliciously very strong coffee. Um, they have partnered with three athletes from Penn State. Michigan and Ohio State. However, here's the plot twist about their wait, wait, deal. One each or three at each place? Well, I believe it's just one each. One okay. each. Here's the plot twist about their deal. Instead of being like, ah, oh, it's Drew Aller and he gets a Subaru and with the or whatever Drew Aller is driving these days. I don't know. We don't know. No one knows who these athletes are. Only the people at Death Wish know who these athletes are because they don't want to get anybody in trouble because the NCAA has got dumb rules and says that you can't have more than three cups of coffee before a game which doesn't make any sense because it's performance enhancing apparently. So they are keeping it anonymous. That is what they want us to tell you, but that you should also check out their coffee because it is very good. That being said, Steve, who do you think it is? At least the Penn state player. Who do you think it is? Geez, I hope it's the best player on every team. Let's just pretend it's Marvin Harrison jr. The Michigan quarterback and Oh God, who's Penn state's best player. Probably I think it's John. How about Penn State's best player that might be playing this week? Do we know that? Mm, that's fair. Mm. Who um, is that? We'll go with Nicholas Singleton. We'll go with Nicholas Singleton. He, and he's he, all he looked like he could use a cup of coffee. He was a little yeah. stressed out. Not that I wasn't going to stress him out, but good, strong Death Wish coffee might might just get rid of that that angst he was having and make him play better no matter what. Yeah. Right. There we go. Anyways, so that was our, our first ad read of the podcast. Hope you've been... Steve, did you know that this is our, our third year anniversary show? I meant to tell you that. Text you that this week. Three years. No, I don't. There are no balloons. There's no, no balloons. confetti. This is this, this isn't. Well, like it's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. That's okay. So, right, third year anniversary. Um, That's great. Uh, happy anniversary. Um, we get to talk about it while Bolt is downstairs barking. Um, with the Penn State loss. So let's let's start there. Um, it is it's Monday as we record the podcast. I have thought about it, and I, I am. Where I'm at with Penn State's 
performance on Saturday is this. It was insanely frustrating to watch as a fan. And I think that is what boils down because that was Penn State's best opportunity to beat Ohio State in seven years since 2016. And honestly, that was Penn State's best opportunity to beat Ohio State with the way we knew it going into the game. And what's frustrating about that is it translated over into the play calling. And I think that is where Penn State lost the game. And I wrote about it on the blog. But I think Penn State's offensive coordinator, Mike Yersich, and I think too, by that, by proxy, James Franklin, overthought what they needed to do to, to win. They got away from everything that worked with the with the T formation, the push, um, you know, in short yardage sorts of situations. It felt like at times when the running game was working, they would just decidedly throw the ball. Um, when the tight end passing game was working, they'd get away from that. I I just, I think they just went galaxy brained. And I think that cost Penn State its best chance to beat Ohio State in 10 years, seven years, however many years now. I don't know. That's about where I'm at with it. And, and you sound... You sound more optimistic than I am, and you're really disappointed. Like I thought they were going to win. I thought they were going to win going in. Thought they had a, a good chance from what I had seen of Ohio State. I thought Ohio State was beatable. I thought Ohio State was beatable Saturday. And I watched it live and didn't go back and watch it again. But when you say they they had running plays going and then they had a couple of play, but it was just like one play a drive. It was it wasn't like they ever had a rhythm, right? Like it wasn't like. You know, it was the second drive of the game when they had run for 20, run for 12, whatever it was, one for eight, and then pass after the runs worked like three times in a row, which made no sense, right? I mean, but that's coaching. Like, we've proven we can do this, and now we're going to do something else, which is frustrating as a fan. But the more I thought about it, man, they just couldn't – Ohio State's defense is really good. And, and Ohio State couldn't do anything either because Penn State's defense was really good, but they had – Ohio State has the receiver. But, man, like, it, it, it just – there was nothing on offense. Like I didn't feel they were their best chance of scoring was that turnover that was that was whistled back. I mean, that was just, it. Just felt like that was just, the, the only way they were going to score a touchdown was if the defense did something. I, I never felt that Penn State's offense was in a position to put a drive together to do something in that game. And I think that was the part that's probably more than frustrating. It might be a stark realization that against a good team, they're still not that good. Yeah, I, I think that last sentence is important. And, and that's what I've really been wrestling with this week is like, is this team still good? And I, I think I'll, I'll save that because I, I do want to come back. It's interesting to hear that you thought Ohio State's defense played well. I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the game yet, but just you know, being there live, seeing the way the game was going, it, it, it felt more of a case of the players and the play calling, primarily the play calling, shooting themselves in the foot. And, and the image that is burned in my head that probably you didn't see on TV is for whatever reason, I always pick a few players to watch when they come running out the tunnel to see how they're going to handle the the mm -hmm. emotion, the stage. And, and I've been watching Drew Aller this year and it's, this is dumb, but he came out and it was the most excited I've seen him all season long. In, in terms of his emotion as he was running out onto the field and it translated over into the play, especially in the first half, he just didn't look settled. He didn't look calm. 
he looked like he was playing against Ohio State, being an Ohio boy, and and you know probably had a chip on his shoulder because he didn't get recruited there type thing. And to me, what Mike Yurcich and James Franklin failed to do was calm him down and put him in a position to calm him down. And I think that's where the the shooting on the foot kind of comes into mind for me. Um, I just don't think they made it. He's he's the smartest quarterback I've ever seen, like at least at Penn State. He's the smartest quarterback I've seen in my lifetime, which isn't that many quarterbacks that were very smart. Um, looking at you, Anthony Morelli. Um, but I don't think he's – I think his brains are A+, plus, and I think his skill is B right now, and I think it's it, you got to get it to be balanced. And to do that, you have to coach around that, and I don't think James Franklin or, or Mike Yersich did a good job of that. And I thought it was interesting then – a couple of people picked up on this on articles I read, but James Franklin kind of alluded that he was disappointed with the play calling. And I think it was Audrey's article this week kind of called it out. Oh, oh you're, you're an offensive coach, James. Like, what are, what are you doing here? You know, what do you, you should be the one in charge. And and so that's why I'm so frustrated right now, I think is, is how I feel. I don't, I'll walk down the, didn't put him in a position to succeed, did a disservice to the quarterback path with you a little bit um i'll keep giving him a grade i think maturity maturity slash inexperience we saw as a c minus on on saturday like i think it if he wasn't flustered when he made his bad throws and there were probably four or five maybe more drops but there were probably five misses mm-hmm. like i don't know who he was thrown to misses maybe more and if those are either immaturity or dealing with not dealing with the situation. It's it's either that or God, we he just is bad, gonna be bad. And, and we haven't seen it in the first six games. So I don't know that it's that. So I think the moment might have gotten to him a little bit. Um, I think it was Dan Orlovsky who said today or something on, on one show about they didn't put him, they didn't protect him. And he didn't mean protect the line protect him, which was an issue, but they they didn't protect him by by putting him in a position to succeed, right? By by running the ball a little more, by doing some different things. Um but I think some of those things were some short passes that we've seen him hit through the first six weeks that on Saturday either got dropped or he just missed on. And I think that threw him out of rhythm. Like that just all of them, like this stuff wasn't working. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think Ohio State's defense is pretty good. Um, so I think they they played a role in it and keeping him flustered. Because everybody's at, well, look at that last drive. He was on it. The game was over. Those kids yeah. weren't playing with that intensity. That doesn't mean anything. Th- th- those are padding your stats, padding your stats from the Penn State side. Because – so what? They they weren't going to lose at that point, and they knew it. And and you just can't turn that intensity back on again. Um, no, there was a lot. Of, I mean, I, and offensively, it was all offense. It was all offense. It was the struggles, and that, that was the frustration. Because I think one of my notes when I was watching it was, you know, did did we get sold this by the media on how good Aller is and how good Cephas is and all this stuff? Like, I'm mean, I'm just an average Joe fan. I pay more attention to the media than I do to actual X's and O's, and don't really care about recruiting. But everything that I was reading is seeing is this Cephas kid's going to come in and make a difference. Hours the the second coming of of the first coming, and it just didn't look like that on Saturday for the first time all season, which was striking. I think let's 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 stay there for a hot second. Let's let's talk about that because you before we kind of started, you 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 posed the question essentially: is 
obviously there's not an agenda to Penn State's media by any means. So when I say this, we say this, this is not, that's not what we're getting at, but is Penn State's media protecting Drew Aller a little bit? And I, I don't think that they are. I, I, I think if you go read what read, I think people correctly call it out that he was not good. Like there's a lot of articles saying he's not, he was not as good as he should have been. Um, But I do think, particularly at the wide receiver position. Yes, we we collectively, everybody, bought into the hype that we were reading and hearing and, and seeing about the wide receiver position, especially with Dante Cephas. Um, I think Keandre Lambert-Smith has been very good this year. Like, I, I, I think he's carried a lot of the weight. I, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's it's difficult because this is Drew Aller's first real loss. This is his first adversity moment so it's difficult to to throw any blame toward him in my mind because i just go back to the point of i felt like the coaching staff got too big brained too galaxy brained to get the job done because the because of the laundry that the, that they were playing so i i don't think there should be well i think the coaches had it drew I don't know if the coaches had it coming is the right word, but the coaches have been responsible for this before, right? So it's here we go yeah. again for, for the for the media on the James Franklin stuff, which I I think is fair, right? I mean, I, that's the, pick your major college coach that, that that couldn't get over the hump and win games, whether it be you know John Cooper at Ohio State, you know, it, it's just people have seen this before at other programs, and and I think the media too has been good to, to James Franklin throughout this season. I mean, they've been winning; it's been good; it's been happy. And then when the moment comes and it's not, and he says, well, you know, you saw two really good defense, two good, two, two great teams out there today and isn't taking accountability. I think that's when the media is like, you know, don't, don't fib to us. Like just, just say it's my fault. Right. And I think they want to hear that. And I think the, the fans kind of want to hear that. I don't know that it makes the natives any less restless, but it, it does go to accountability because to, to Drew Aller's credit, they trot the 19 year old out there and he says he sucked. And he says, because I sucked and he's, tearful and adamant and worried about his teammates in the future and letting them down that plays pretty well you know that that's that's what you want from the guy behind center that's what the, that's, that's what the quarterback one is supposed to do so yeah maybe maybe it is more a case of and and, and the money's the other thing right i mean and you can't beat around that with with the coaches anymore obviously it's the money of we could probably find somebody you know fans thinking we could find somebody that could win all the games but two and not pay him as much as we're paying coach Franklin, right? Like that's an underlying current with everything else. And then it's just, it all gets muddied in there and it blew up on Saturday and is going to fester for the next two weeks, three weeks to play Michigan because that's the next game that matters. Right. Well, and we talked about this a little bit, even before the game, if, if Penn state, you know, we were both pretty optimistic about the game, but had Penn state lose, end up losing, which they did, you know, there was going to be a sense of sky falling for me. It weirdly felt a little different. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think people were so frustrated, like myself included, people were so frustrated with Mike Yersich that it, it kind of kept James Franklin off the hook a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I don't know. I also keep going back to the, it, how, it, now, how many offensive coordinators has this been that have been to the Ohio State losses? This is five. It, Audrey wrote about it today, so it's it was it was ten year. It's ten years of James Franklin, five different offensive coordinators. Okay, I, I, that's 
and and I think that's where it is fair to. It is. I don't think. I don't think that James Franklin should be fired on the hot seat. Anything like that. I don't. Again, I don't think you're going to get anybody better out there. Like, there's nobody better for the situation that you're going to reasonably get out there. But it does kind of go back to the point of James Franklin might be a better recruiter, might be a better GM type coach than he is X's and O's type coach, and when he passes the blame like he did in the press conference a little bit towards the, the, the offensive coordinator, rightfully so. Like it, it's just, it's just very confusing when you go back to the fact that he's from an offensive background and it would, it would be one thing if it was Manny Diaz as the head coach. Right. And, and this is the way it shook out, but it, it didn't shake out that way. And so that was, that was frustrating to me. So are you, and I don't know that I disagree that there's not anybody better for the spot. I struggle with, with, you know, if you do the math on, but I mean, that's the going rate for a coach too, right? Are you, are you okay with 10 and two and the losses to the two teams at the end of the season? I mean, cause it's this not going to change. Nobody, nobody's buying them out for $54 million. This year, right? this year or this year. I mean, this is the year we're talking about. We The other ones are already no. happening. If this is groundhog day I, again on the results. I'm not okay. I'm not, I, I think, I again, I'm not going to call for anybody to be fired because I, I that's not rational. That's not serious. That's not like that's you're not thinking it through logically. You don't if you're calling for that, you don't have all the facts in front of you in terms of contract and what it's really going to cost you and knowing that Penn State doesn't have oil money boosters, um, that type of thing. But we're turning on the stove if he loses to Michigan, like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it, like, okay. Like you, you blew your last chance. Like if he loses to Michigan, you blew the last chance at making the 14 playoff. That would be forever. Your legacy. You never made the 14 playoff, even though you had talented rosters, maybe one of the best defenses in recent college football era years. And, and, we're always going to be like, well, he never made the, the 14 playoff. So if he misses the 12 team playoff next year, then we've got a real problem. Like then we're going to start, okay. start having that conversation because that two burners then. Yeah. Two burners then. Cause, uh, but I think like, ultimately like that is where like it's a failure. And I've said this plenty of times on this podcast. It is a failure if Penn state doesn't make the 12 team playoff every single year, because Right now, Penn State is a top 15 program and, and should slide into that top 10 program. They are not beating Michigan and Ohio State right now. Therefore, they're not a top four program. It is frustrating as a fan to watch, but I think that's kind of the reality that you have to accept. But going back to the defense, going back to the quarterback, going back to I think the tight ends are much better than people want to recognize or give credit for you're letting you're, you, you are slipping away. You're letting things go to waste this year. If James Franklin doesn't make the playoff this year or at minimum doesn't beat Michigan, I think is, is the way okay. I look at it. Okay. Uh, did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought they were better positioned to beat Ohio state than Michigan from what I've seen. So that'll, that'll yeah, be the I, interesting part. Yeah. Um, 
let's get into the let's get into the optimism and then we'll get into to big noon. Um, optimism I, portion of the program. Might I start talking from the optimism part of the program? Oh, well, I think this is the part where you usually shut up. Like okay. you usually just cool. like, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that territory. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Here, let me. I, I promised at some point I would be optimistic, Darian, about Penn State losing, and I think that is it, we we hit on it there a little bit, but the season is not over. Like there are still five games left to be played. And one of those is one of the games that we, we, we all collectively made a deal with the Penn state devil this year that you get, there are two games that really matter. And the first one is Ohio state. And the second one is Michigan. You lose one of them. That's fine. You just got to make up for it. And I go back to the fact, not saying that Penn State's going to necessarily win or anything like that, but I go back to the fact that that defense allowed 20 points to a very talented Ohio State team. A generational wide receiver, I don't think, like, he had a great game statistically. He just took advantage of of the very little mistakes, and that's, that's what happened. Like, I think Penn State's defense played one of its best games of the year. That goal line stand, we were talking about it forever. If if that if Penn State goes on to win, if there isn't that holding penalty, who knows? I I genuinely believe that Penn State probably wins the game if they take a lead on at any point on Saturday. Right, that's and that's why I keep being like, okay, like this sucks right now. But again, going back to our our theme this year, I feel like we should do this every year. Have a theme word. <laughs> This year's theme word is patience and just, just see how it plays out. Like, just see how it plays out. Like I said, we can have a conversation. We can have the conversation. We will have the conversation if Penn state loses to Michigan. Pitchforks and torches away for now. Yeah. Like that game's at home. I, I, I don't think Michigan's really been tested by anyone and they, they're not going to get a curveball. Like they're, they're just not, and so when that first curveball comes pretty late in the season, how are they going to handle it? And and I think if there's a defense that can supply that curveball, it's going to be Penn State's defense. It is also on the offense to not be galaxy brained and overthink things. But then also, you know, there are still two games in between them. Now one of them's Indiana, the other one's Maryland, which eh, kind of kind of makes me lose a little bit of sleep, but not I was gonna say did Saturday's performance at all bring Maryland back into play for you? In terms uh, of like a little bit, like if okay. if it was at a if it was at a 10% worry, it's a 15% worry. Okay. Okay. If that makes sense. So there's my optimism for they feel well, and you gotta have optimism about this Saturday, right? Like yeah, they win this Saturday. They're gonna it, beat Indiana. Would would hate to be a, a Hoosier. Um it's a you're bad week to be a Hoosier because you're probably gonna be a punching bag. Um and I'm interested to see the response from this team. Let's let's save that. Let's 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 save that for a hot second. Let's focus in on Big Noon. Uh you watched a little bit of Big Noon before the game. This is now what season three of Big Noon kickoff, right? Maybe five. Because they, they did a short season, a couple seasons. Yeah, couple it's a couple just to, to to um Ohio Stadium. So yeah. Does it does it feel any better? Do you like no. it any better? No. I, well, here's the thing. At halftime, at halftime, when they had the game, I thought Liner and Brady Quinn were very honest in their assessment of the Penn State offense and very fair. Um, it's just hard to trust. I, I don't I don't think Fox doing the games. I mean, I think I think 
Gus Johnson's there to entertain whatever else. I don't think, and he sounded a little more Ohio State-y than, he sounded like he always does. But Urban Meyer is just hard to trust. And Matt Liner is just hard to trust. Like they're just, there's just question stuff. Can, I ask, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Why is Matt Liner hard, hard to trust? Because I've heard this from a lot of people. I don't, I don't, I, he's, he comes off as frat boy USC, right? Okay. Bush push, right? Like I think, I think that just, just lingers with him, right? Okay. Um, yeah, it's just not as enjoyable for me. And, and I get, and I know that The Athletic did a poll, poll was it last week, about um, game day. And I get Pat McAfee's polarizing. But my God, Pat McAfee's out there handing out his own money. Like, here, kid, make a field goal. I'll give you $65,000. That's great. It's honest. It's endearing. He's a shill. He's he's playing to the crowd. That's fine. Like, you know, if he'd have been at Penn State, he'd have probably picked Penn State to win and let a couple we are chance. He was at Ohio and did the whole OH stuff and played along with the crowd. So I get that. He's a carnival barker who actually seems genuine. Like I know he's he's up and up up a level. I don't know that I just trust the big noon guys. Um they've even made Tom Rinaldi and, and, and the bear less likable in their roles. Like I just I don't know. And I miss them. And and I don't know that the show's that much I think because of Jen Latta being okay-ish and Lee Corso feeling like every segment could be his last, like game day struggles from that aspect in a way that it hasn't in years, but it's still better. Like I had a couple of people say, oh, you know, I don't like this and this. I'm like, yeah, even with those things, it's still better than Big Noon. So, but you walk past it. So what was it like? Uh, you, if you think game day has a lot of promotions and stuff going on, they bring a whole Wendy's sign, like a whole you drop like the Wendy's sign that is on Atherton Street at the Wendy's out on Atherton Street. They bring that with them. It is it is commercialized even more. There's also significantly less people and this and they set up direct like Ohio, or when when they do game day at Ohio State, it's it's essentially across the street from the horseshoe, but it's it's pretty far off across the street at the horseshoe. Game day was, or I'm sorry, Big Noon was touching the stadium close. Mm-hmm. And we're walking in and it's, you know, 11, 15-ish. There's not a lot of people there. I don't think it, I just don't think it has that staying power. I don't think, I think people, even though Urban is on it and he's a god out there, like, I I just don't think people are, I think you're right. Like, I don't think people are interested in it. Like, they like the comfort, and and I'm one of these people. You like the comfort of game day. You like, like even when they changed the song, it was kind of frustrating this year because that song you've heard 15 seasons, and it's big and rich, and, and, and you know. And I'm glad that they kept relatively the same lyrics this year. You know, I I think there's just like a comfortness of of either whether it be Chris Fowler or Reese Davis opening up the show and op- kind of opening up your Saturday. And and then that last 10 minutes of, of picks that is like, that's religious television for a college football fan. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to turn. Like, I can't think of a reason to, that, to tune into big news. Like, I don't care who they have on there. there. There's nothing like you're right about Tom Rinaldi. You're right about bear. Like they're just not as interesting to me anymore because they're not on game day. Um, and it's, I just, I think we're, we're going to have to get used to the fact that they're going to be around, but I, I think it's, it's, it's like, 
Burger King and McDonald's. Like McDonald's is still always going to be the the go to fast food place in this country. And Burger King's always going to be second type deal. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, a couple million people are going to watch them, so the the networks aren't getting rid of them. It's cheapish programming. The people they're already there on site. I mean, I, I wrestle with, and I guess it's it's pennies in their world. You know, why you have five people on set or six people on set? How that makes sense and what that investment is, but that's you know above my pay grade, and I guess it makes sense for them. But yeah, game day is a cultural touchstone. It, it has been around for your entire lifetime. It has been around for the entire lifetime of, of probably 40% of college football fans or people who consider themselves strong college football fans, maybe more. Um, it's it's consistent. It it goes to the big games no matter where they are. Like, I mean, this is ESPN, ABC. They don't, they don't carry this game right. anymore, right. right? And they were still there because it was the place to be. Um, so, yeah. Feel good about that? Feel better? I do. Okay. I'm glad you got your, your thoughts out. I know you've been bottling those inside for a little <laughs> bit. Um, okay. Let's uh let's move on here. Uh be a little little little, little more positive again. I think Penn State should be positive about the fact that they get to play Indiana this week. Again, like that is the that's another reason to just be optimistic about this season. Is is this schedule is laid out beautifully this year between the teams that Penn State has to play, between the way it, it, it was laid out, that's probably also why I'm a little frustrated still about the way Saturday shook out because they had three weeks to prepare for the game. Um, and, 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 and the defense did a nice job of that. The offense didn't do that. I think coming into this weekend, it's it's now how can you find your rhythm again? How can you find a kind of get back on track um, again? I 100% trust in this defense, 40% trust right now in this offense. So <laughs> go out there, prove it, make it better, like, like win, but also cover the spread, put a beat down on, just get all your feelings out and, and, and use now these next two games as your last chances to kind of get things absolutely 100% right because clearly they, they weren't. And that, again, to me, falls back on the coaches, but I digress. Yeah, I mean, Indiana's two and five. They haven't given up fewer than 31 points to a Big Ten game, this Big Ten opponents this season. This is a get-well game in every possible way. It looks like the weather might be half-decent for Penn State home football game for a change, maybe even like 70s and like not rain. So Parody. people go out, have a great time, and the football team wins and, and does what it's supposed to do and then gets ready for Maryland. Yeah, I mean, it, it boils down that schedule to two games. And I think that's what people's frustration is, is they knew that. Everybody knows it's, it's, it's these two games. I had a, I think I talked about last, I had a guy in church come up to us and say, I don't care if we only win two games all year, if it's long as it's those two. So now everybody's got the calendar circled for noon on the 11th or the 17th, and we'll see what happens. Or the 11th, yeah. sorry. No, I think that's that's fair. I think that's right. I think... I think, again, like you go back to the point of, and I think James Franklin even said this last week, like it, it, in, before the game last week, is like, what did we do to get better this week? And I think as long as you can kind of, like you you, you you took a step back last week, how can you get better this week? And as long as you can kind of correct that and keep building on that, that to me shows positive growth to this program. But at the same time, everything now must, must be through the lens of, getting to Michigan and beating Michigan while taking care of business along the way. 
and and I think that is is what the focus needs to be. Um, so I I think, like you said, I'm very excited about I'm very excited about nice weather. I know I wasn't at the last game, but I'm very excited about nice weather. Knock on wood. Um, we're having a Taylor Swift theme tailgate this weekend, so excited about that as well. What's a Taylor Swift tailgate? Well, because well, like it's her oh, album theme. Her album's awesome. coming out this on Friday, so you know, you excited? You gonna listen? So all Taylor Swift music all the time is tailgate. I I think that's I I don't think that that's a decision that like that decision's already made. So yes, like I don't think I have any input on. Well, I'm not asking. I'm just saying, is that what that means? It's all yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah, all the time? yeah. We've got there's there's other Taylor Swift. We're gonna have friendship bracelets and everything else, Steve. I'm sorry, I'm gonna miss it. Oh, you're not gonna come over? You're not gonna? You're no. Kid? Okay. You're invited. You're invited. So, okay. Um, this week's old gray young guy. It's uh, Halloween season, so it's Halloween appropriate. Go ahead, Steve. I'm just curious at what age. I don't think we've talked about this before. So, what age is it appropriate? Is it inappropriate to to continue to wear a costume? Like, at what age do, do you stop? I don't what know age if I've ever really, really thought about that. Like, I think. I don't know. I've stopped. I I haven't worn a costume since 2014-ish. So that was college. Almost a decade ago. Almost a decade ago. So what was your last costume? I was Doug Funny. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I think if you want to dress up, go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. I have decided since moving to suburbia. That I am, I am no longer a dresser upper. I am a candy giver outer. Like that you can't is dress up for that. I I don't. I, it would, I it just, might heighten the kids' experience. Eh, we put gravestones out in the yard. That's that's their. I heightened remember experience. that. That's true. Yeah, okay. we, that's their heightened experience. We decorate the house as you can see, mm-hmm. all around. Um, obviously, I don't see that, but to me, you should you charge them. You should have a tour. You get the candy bar at the end. It'd be like Hershey's Chocolate great. World. It's not that great, Steve. Okay. Um. But to me, if you want to dress up, that's fine. I just, I have decided that in life, I enjoy, like, we look forward to Halloween specifically so that I could sit out there, drink a beer while handing kids candy. And it's not- You have your beer in a koozie? Uh, Usually that or a Yeti. Okay. Okay. So That's a good call. That's- When's the last time Steve dressed up for Halloween? It's been a while. Well, no, it was, it's been five or six years. I dressed up as a hunter. And Susan was a deer, and I wore an old I wore an old hunting vest that had my license on it. And a kid at the party tapped me on the back of the shoulder and said, "When was the last time you were hunting? What is this thing on your back?" I'm like, "It's my hunting license." He's like, "When was the last time you were hunting?" I'm like, 20 years ago." He's like, "I was wondering because this 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 is an antique license. Like nobody they don't make them this like this way anymore." So that was like five or six years ago. Um, and about this time a week out from handing candy, I'm like, you know what? Could put a costume on when you hand it out candy. That'd be kind of cool. It sounds cool now, but then stuff's going to come up and there's going to be effort to put involved and it's just going to end up being going into the doorbell, no costume. So you're just, you're just, let's go for it. You just want to, would you say, I'm sorry. You just want to hand out the candy. That's all you want to do. Be like, that. yeah, yeah. We can sit, maybe, maybe we'll sit on the porch. Depends on the weather. Do you, do you get a lot of kids? Cause you're kind of like, like 40 some last year. Okay. That's, that's a respectable number. It was decent. And then, well, and then in COVID, well, so two years ago during COVID, right, they still had Halloween, like it was 2020 with Peter now. So we just took 
I took like the bucket of the tractor and like put it up and put all the candy bars in there. And we like sat away. And when they came up with like the candies, I'm like, dang, you know, like keep your distance for people. So that was kind of fun. But we'll play spooky music. I think I have a CD somewhere or Sirius XM has a channel, right? So we'll, we'll pump that outside and play spooky music and just hand out stuff. So yeah, but probably not a costume. I'm thinking about it now, but it'd be too much work and I'll probably fess. So. Sure. That's good. That's good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. But again, if you want to dress up, it's fine. Great. Have fun. Um, all right. Anything else for this week's podcast? No, looking forward. I'm hoping you're looking forward to a game on Saturday. We're going to win. Optimism, sunshine, See, and a win. I was just going to ask. You feel better. Yeah. You feel better. You got this out on our therapy session. I felt that way all the time because the team doesn't really affect me, but yes. He says that. He says that like he wasn't grumpy. On no, I go, to, I go to really, I go to really grumpy old man. And I'm now at the point where they're getting paid to do this. Like mm, they're getting paid to do this. Like that's where I go. There it is. It used to be we should take their scholarship away. Now it's like they're getting the scholarship and this. Oh, this is frustrating. So yeah, that's what happens to me. Okay. Well, it's about the experience, Steve. It's about the there you experience. Go. There it was it was definitely an experience. It was an experience. Um, okay. All right. Uh normal stuff on the blog coming at various points this week. Steve might have something. I might I will have something. Um Let's see what else is going on. Uh, that's about it. If you could give us five stars, thumbs up, that would be very appreciative. Um, subscribe somewhere in that general vicinity if you're watching to us, watching us on YouTube. Um, we have a website. It's called stuffsummersays.com. On that website, there's a part called with Steve. Steve. Steve's got an email. It's and Steve at stuffsummersays.com. I've got one. It's Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Um, we've also got a web well, i already said the website we've got a newsletter you can sign up for that uh while you're there you can also buy some stuff um might might drop some winter related stuff as we get a little colder um, do you know what Did, would go with winter related go ahead go, oh, go ahead go ahead do you know what would go with winter related stuff what a nice hot cup of coffee oh there we go we're hitting the ad again there we go yes. death wish coffee baby yeah so we are owed death wish coffee now um that's that's all i have to say about that um did your i forgot to ask did your limited edition stuff come i believe you i have a limited it. edition i'm not wearing it it's it's i'll wear it for the next home did, game have you worn it yet have you worn it yet i put it on it's nice it's very comfortable yeah, like yeah. i wore that mine this weekend and it is very i'm very pleased so yep, i'll wear it for the next home game so okay um other than that we've got uh twitter handles mine is that stuff summer says steve's is at steve samsel all right, we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Yeah,